Here we are, once again, right? Yes, sir. What did we decide the name of this class was, Colin? House Bible College? That's what it is. Okay, the House, the house Bible College. He's, he's writing us up uh, some descriptions of this course, and we're getting it all tailored for our website so that eventually there'll be a tab that if you want to go and, uh, you know, sign up for these classes you can uh, go there and go right through these classes online there you go y'all just listen it'll be more like a podcast but there you go so anyway we're we're excited about that thank you colin and uh, again uh we kind of left off on what was it page 16 the the book is the gospel of healing by a.b simpson he's a he's an uh, a rough-looking character, isn't he? <laughs> anyway, uh, we uh, were talking about some popular objections to healing. And uh, do, does are there a lot of people that do have objections to healing? Yeah. And what would you think the percentages are of people that believe in divine healing out of a hundred? Do believe. I would say 20. I'm like, I would say 20, but maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm too optimistic here. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's what you're basing your concept. Okay. Okay. Here's some of the objections. Uh, the first one was the age of miracles is past. I've heard that one before, haven't you? That was just for the apostolic age and. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Now it's, you know, it's no longer valid. Oh, okay, Jesus Christ is not the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay. <laughs> huh? Exactly, same yesterday. The second objection was the same results as are claimed for faith in the healing of disease are also said to follow the practices of spiritualism, animal magnetism, clairvoyance, etc. So, you know, there, there are some... And I think the thing I, that we got out of this last time, we talked about there are demonic forces that can simulate, uh, what's the word here, kind of, uh, we talked about Pharaoh, remember that? You know, the magicians could do this, but they have limited power. They even bow. You know, there's several, I think we went over several scriptures where these demonic forces had to bow to the true power of Almighty God. In fact, in that particular story, he ate up the, he ate up the magician's wand, didn't he, or something? So, anyway, he swallowed up the yeah the the magicians, and it, and it kind of silenced their uh, their their mouths there. So the third objection was the miracles of Christ. It's on page fifteen. His apostles were designed to establish the facts and doctrines of Christianity. We do not need their continuance. Well, uh, I, I do. Yeah. How about y'all? <laughs> I think I held up had people hold up their hand Sunday about anybody been healed, you know, and there were the room, I mean, it was probably 80% in our church that had been healed by the awesome power of God, so it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't, this is not true, this objection, amen? So, we finished that up, and that was a quick recap. We are now on the top of page uh, 16. Well, let's hit one sentence on the bottom. A common objection is urged in this way, Christ. Last promise in Mark embraces much more than healing 
But if you claim one, you must claim all. If you expect the healing of the sick, you must also include the gift of tongues and the power to overcome malignant poisons. And the gift, of, and if the gift of tongues has ceased, so in the same way has the power over disease. So he goes on along there, and uh, uh, we see no reason why uh, a humble servant of Christ engaged in the master's work may not claim in simple faith the power to resist malaria, other poisons, and malignant dangers and we believe the gift of tongues was only withdrawn from the early church as if as it was abused for vain display or as it became unnecessary for practical use through the rapid evangelization of the world and it will be repeated as soon as the church will humbly claim it for the universal diffusion diffusion of the gospel so again it's talking here about uh, uh, this kind of I really didn't understand the gist of what he was trying to say in this particular paragraph. Uh, you're not the only one. I wasn't the only one. Yeah, in fact, here's my book. <laughs> I just put put some X's kind of kind of through there. I don't know why he went ahead and read part of it because I mean, I know he's trying to make a point, but uh, uh yeah, there you go. Well, we're going to we're going to try. I just want to say this. I want to focus in on uh he goes into the fact that God can use, you know, sickness, trials, affliction, and different things to turn people to him. And we're going to actually discuss that in uh, chapter 5, I believe it is. Is 4 the next one? Yeah, no, I mean, actually, uh, chapter chapter 4 here. Uh, and even in my handout that I gave you there, you know, there are some things uh, uh, here that, that talks about things that can keep you from being healed. But to say, you know, that uh, God, you know, we, we know what Third John verse 2 says, and it says, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in good health. Now, can, can we see some evidence in the Bible different times where sickness or trials or something was used? Yes, but to, sit, to lay there and say, yeah, this is my affliction. I must suffer for the cause of Christ. You know, we're even talking about Paul and his thorn in the flesh, and we'll get all, get all, get over into that here in just a little bit. Whenever I think about that, how often do people, like, you know, this is my affliction. God has given me this to bring me to Him, but you smoke twenty packs of, you smoke twenty cigarettes a day, and you got lung cancer, and you're laying on your deathbed, but God gave you this affliction. No, a lot of times we, a lot of times what we do in our sin. We attribute to God as a as a impetus to bring us to yeah. Him, but what is happening is in our in our own sin and in our own destruction that we have wrought upon ourselves because we did not listen to God, we turn to Him almost like hell insurance. Now, what happens after that, and once ha what happens after God? I mean, obviously, if you made free choices, you're, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of those choices. But he can certainly alleviate some of the impact. Yeah. And he wants to. Exactly. Yeah, and, and in fact, you're reading my mail here at the very bottom. At the very bottom of this page, I wrote in, and I want to discuss, I actually wrote, discuss, can we harm our body? Lack of sleep, or lack of exercise, lack Stress. of proper nourishment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> care, drugs, abuse, uh, a 
abusing our bodies physically. You know, the, the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in fact, I'm going to share with you how intricately uh, made you are just to, just to hear y'all say, wow. Let me practice one time. Can y'all say, wow? Wow. Now say it with enthusiasm. Wow. Very, okay, get ready. Here we go. Here we go. Psalms 139.14 is the one that says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It consists of various chemicals, iron, sugar, salt, carbon, iodine, phosphorus, lime, calcium, and others. The body has 263 bones, 600 muscles. One of mine is sore today, I'll tell you. 970 miles of blood vessels. Think about that. Yeah. Um, Let's see here, 400 cups on the tongue for taste, 20,000 hairs in your ears to tune into all these different frequencies. Mine, <laughs> yeah, uh, you have uh, 40,000, I mean not 40,000, 40 pounds jaw pressure, you have 10 million nerves, some moms have more than, <laughs> yeah, 10 million nerves and branches, 3,500 sweat tubes to each square inch of skin or 40 miles long, 20 million mouths that suck food as it goes through the intestines, 600 million air cells to the lungs that inhale 2,400 gallons of air daily, and a telephone system that relates to the brain instantly. Any known sound, taste, sight, touch, or smell, the heart beats 4,200 times an hour and pumps 12 tons of blood daily. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Are, are we not intri intricately made? Even turns your nose down so if it's turned up you'd drown when it's raining you know so <laughs> turned it down and the only thing I've asked I've, I've thought about asking God about now why didn't you give us zoom vision you know on the, on the <laughs> you know that would have that would have been yeah there you go that would have been pretty cool but maybe we'll have that in our glorified body right so again uh, back to this here uh, I'm not I don't want to spend a lot of I told y'all we're gonna breeze through the rest of this, uh, I choose to focus on the positive rather than the objections and stuff. But let's go going over on page 17. It is objected that it is presumptuous to claim the healing of disease absolutely and that the model of all true prayer is Christ's language in the garden. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine be We've got to settle in our hearts. Is it God's will to heal, or is it not? There's a lot of different preachers, or a lot of different not preachers, but religions uh, that kind of teach healing that way. Well, if it's the Lord's will, He will, and there is a perfect healing. And yes, there is. You, you are going to die someday, but you don't have to die sick, do you? You know, why not just do like my mom, go in after eating supper and lay down on the bed and. 101, like 11 days being 101 years old, she went down and had uh, supper. My brother was there with her. She walked in and 
laid down on her bed and just decided it was time to go home. You know, I was wanting her to wait till 101, but she she went 11 days early. <laughs> you know, but anyway, it uh, uh, again, uh, I believe it's God's will to to heal. We are told this is kind of the middle of the page uh, that there are many cases of failure. Paul and his companions are first enumerated. Paul's inevitable thorn is kept as a precious relic to torment doubting Christians and Trophimus and Ephroditus and are dragged forward on their couches to encourage the willing patient in the hospital of doubting castle. (laughs) With regard to Paul's thorn, we must say, number one, and I want someone to look up 2 Corinthians 12. 7 through 10. We're going to read this just for the benefit of all of you. In fact, uh, probably read that before we even go into these four different things about uh, Paul's thorn in his flesh. A lot of people think it was sickness, but the Bible tells us what yeah. 2 Corinthians uh, 12 7 through 10. because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We were just quoting that before class, weren't we? Okay. No, no. But a lot of uh, denominations take this and say, you know, Paul, you know, was even sick, blah, blah, blah. No, it was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet his body uh, and so it makes it very clear here so first it says it's, it's very uncertain if it, if it was a disease it was a there you go it was a messenger of Satan to buffet him number two it was so far healed and more than healed whatever it was that it brought the power of Christ to rest upon him so mightily that he was abundantly enabled for all his labors and duties and longed for more such provocations of blessings and he who can see in this a feeble invalid laid aside from work is afflicted with spiritual cross eyes. <laughs> I like that. Sometimes this old guy really, his wording is, is pretty crazy sometimes. Uh, and then this, this third one here, and I wrote something else along with this. Before people can claim that their sickness is a heavenly visitation like Paul's to keep them from being exalted above measure, they would need to have been up in the third heaven with him heard things unlawful for a man to utter so you know that same chapter I believe it talks about him being transported up into the third heaven and uh, and God gave him him an abundance of revelation Paul had a lot of revelation to write these 13 epistles and we took the time a couple years ago to go through all 13 of his epistles in chronological 
order in the order that he wrote them instead of you know the way they're laid out in the in the Bible. So, and lastly, uh, uh, Paul says Paul does does give us elsewhere the account of his healing. He got healed. Amen. He got healed several times. Uh, uh, so someone reads Second Corinthians one eight through eleven. We're not not going to read just verse ten. We're going to read 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 11. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, from some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. Is that Second Corinthians oh, 1? Corinthians. Like, that okay. doesn't even apply. I was going to say, that, yeah, I was like, what? Mm. No. That was verse 8-11. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Right. So God healed him, raised him up, said we were pressed on every side in every way. So physically, spiritually, mentally. You know, when I went to India, you know, again, I'm not a missionary. I'm a pastor. But we went went to India for two, almost two weeks, and I was pressed as not, you know, Paul had conditions worse than than I did. It was hot. It was their. I couldn't eat their food uh, at night when you normally sleep. They knew that we were uh, the men of God, and the Hindus would get outside our window, starting about two a.m. About fifty people was beating on drums and chanting all night long. So my body was was taxed in every way possible. So that's kind of what Paul is saying here. But the Lord was faithful. You know, he delivered us out of it all and here here we are we kept preaching we don't you know i think to honor one if that would have happened to me i would have started singing praise and worship songs too there bro <laughs> <laughs> i was i was wishing i had a pa system oh, yeah. just to stick out on my window in my room and just point it out that way and jesus <laughs> jesus there's just something you know about that name so God's word has not changed, has it? And so on the top of 18, there are still cases of failure. Does everyone get healed? Sadly. And we've talked about it before. What, what, what causes them not to? Uh, you can't see a person's heart, you know, to know. Again, I think we've talked about this a couple times. 
tells me unforgiveness has got to be the number one reason. Because so many times we'll have unforgiveness and not even really know it. And then you start to dig deep and you start to ask the Holy Spirit to really just start examining you. And you're like, well, snap, I haven't forgiven great Aunt Jojo for whatever she did when I was 15. You know, and it's like it just sneaks up on you or like a tiny little pebble of, of resentment. Or, or jealousy or something you don't even know that it's in there like the princess and the pea and it's mm-hmm. completely blocking you from receiving healing and that is point number two on this handout disobedience unforgiveness unconfessed sin indifference to God's word uh, all of those are things that you know can you, you can be Oral Roberts or uh, Kenneth Hagin or whoever and pray for people you know they didn't see everyone healed doesn't mean that we stop praying for people does it God's word says he will heal them over and over and over again. And then there are the instances where it's not right that moment. You know, that story from Smith Wigglesworth where he healed the girl that was demon-possessed and he prayed over her and nothing changed in that moment. And then three days later, she it was gone. Gone. You know, and it, so it's like you don't, you don't know what's happening. Exactly. You just do your job. Let God do the rest. Amen. That's it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just going to keep praying and believing and, uh, and watch God. So he says, perhaps through defective knowledge or unbelief, disobedience to God in some way, failure to follow consistently the teachings of the word and the spirit or for a deeper spiritual discipline. And they are failures in the spiritual life from the same or similar causes, which in no way disprove the reality of the divine promise or the sufficiency of Christ's grace. He says, let God then be true even if every man be a liar. Amen. I don't care what, I don't care if 90% of preachers today say that God does not heal. Uh, I'm going to totally disagree. Amen. Because I've been healed and I've seen many, many healed. So. Well, this is NIV and it's Job 22:30. He will deliver even one who is not innocent. Who will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands? Mm-hmm. His friends had faith enough that he was healed. Yeah. Didn't have anything to do with him. His friends had yeah. faith enough. You know. I preached a sermon on that called Four Crazy Friends. <laughs> how many? How many's got four crazy friends? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's what you need when when it's bulldog faith time, right? Some crazy. Crazy friends. Uh, then right here, uh, this last part here, the word places a limit to human life and all that scriptural faith can claim the sufficiency of health and strength for our life work and with it within its fair limits. It may be longer or shorter, but if need not, like the wicked, fail to live out half its days. It should be complete, satisfying, and as long as the work of life is yet. I love my life. I love my life. I'm happy. I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm blessed with health. Uh, I, I keep in my office a little something that Paul said, I will finish my race with joy. You know, when God's ready to take me home, I'm ready. But as I look back over my life, blessed, blessed, blessed. Have there been some hiccups, little bumps in the road? Yeah. But man, ministry, all of you that have been called to ministry one of these days you'll be sitting there being so so thankful to have uh, been laying up treasure somewhere where it really counts you know a lot of people 
get so caught up in money and earthly goods and all this stuff down here that, again, it's, uh, I will die one of these days, but I'm not going to die sick, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, so, I like his little illustration here, his example, it's about in the middle of the page on 18. Why may it not rather be as that ripe apple would drop in September, <laughs> mature, mellow, and ready to fall without a struggle into the gardener's hand? Isn't that a pretty picture? The apple has, you know, finished its course, and it just drops off the, off the tree into the master's hand. So Job pictures the close of a good man's life as the full maturity of the shock of corn that comes in its season. So... He talks some more here about doctors uh, and stuff here. Uh, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on that part, so let's turn on over to 19. Uh, if there's anything in here that we want to uh, kind of talk about. Uh, first, God has never prescribed medicine. <laughs> this book right here is pretty much the... Uh, the medicine. What is it? Well, he did say laughter does good. It's like a medicine. So when you're sick, just laugh, right? say something here you know in a couple of these paragraphs here man's methods can help you know we've talked about that I know talking about how the Oral Roberts had the uh, you know uh, a good plan there he he believed in divine healing but he also believed that doctors you know that could study the human body and there's some things that they can do you know to aid people if I get my uh, ankle ripped open like I did one time riding a horse and had 11 stitches in it that came in pretty handy you know for that doctor to know how to sew me up and deaden that and, and, and do that so again uh, we do not imply he says by this that the medical profession is sinful or the use of means always wrong there may be there always will be innumerable cases where faith is not exercised and if natural means have as they do have a limited value there we go who has the greater value <laughs> Who are we going to call first? <laughs> Jesus, amen. There is ample room for their exercises in these, but for the trusting and obedient child of God, there is the more excellent way. That's what I love. Underline that. The more excellent way which his word has clearly prescribed and by which his name will be ever glorified afresh and our spiritual life continually renewed. And this is, uh, this, I, I do like this next paragraph. Maybe we can discuss, I know I'm trying to breeze through some of this, but this age is one of increasing rationalism. Is that true? The Bible says in the last day, knowledge will increase, right? And unbelief is constantly endeavoring to eliminate 
all traces of direct supernatural working from the universe and explain everything by second causes and natural development and God for this very reason wants to show his immediate working wherever our faith will afford him an opportunity some trust in chariots some trust in what what's the other part of that but we will remember we will trust in the Lord something like that so where's your trust you know where, where's your Somebody Google some trust in chariots while, while we're discussing it. What do you think about this, so, uh, this statement about? So last Sunday, <laughs> I um, suddenly collapsed on the floor, as you guys know. <laughs> last, you know, and uh, Jonathan came running into the room because I'm screaming bloody murder and couldn't breathe and just, just freaking out. And my brain, my rational thought was call 911 get to the hospital immediately and then my husband comes in the room and he lays hands on me and he begins to pray over me and then he says okay what do you think we need to do here because he won't he won't make that decision for me he's not that kind of man he wants me to do what I need to do to be comfortable and happy and not die and I I said I don't know I don't know because I was very torn and he said okay what, what is your spirit telling you you need to do and I was like, well, all I know is something's wrong. Something is very, very wrong. And he said, okay. And I said, we should, we should probably go. And we went to the hospital. So when they came in and told me that I was bleeding internally and uh, that my abdomen was filled with blood and that my chest cavity was beginning to fill with blood, and that's why I was having a hard time breathing and I was having pain all the way up in my ribs, and I'm, and I'm listening to him, and all the while I'm thinking about this book. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking about this book. And I looked at Jonathan, and I was like, the bleeding's going to stop. And the ER doctor was like, well, I mean, we hope that it will, and it usually does. And I said, no, it's going to stop. And I immediately, <laughs> and I'm texting y'all. Te I was just like, be, you know, and, and I said the thing about, I'm believing it's going to stop. Stand with me and believe with me that it's going to stop. Because they were like, you're filling. Like, how big was this cyst? It had to have been like a basketball. But, like, I'm, I'm just filling with blood in, in my entire abdomen. And... Um, I, I just, I thought, no, because that's why I'm here. I'm here so that I can receive this healing. And so I can talk about receiving the healing and I'll have like proof that I was healed. And it, it was just inc this incredible thing. And the doctor's like, well, I mean, if you don't stop breathing, stop bleeding, we're going to watch you. If you don't stop bleeding, we'll go ahead and do surgery. We'll stop it, blah, blah, blah. Well, then the next day, like right before you came. Oh yeah, he was not he was not catching what I was what I was pitching at all, and um, and, and I was sitting in in the bed and Doctor Goff had come in there and he said, um, I, I believe that it stopped. How's your pain? And I was like, it's terrible, you know, because I was in terrible pain. But he said he believed the bleeding had stopped. Ooh, there you go. The doctor said that standing at the foot of my bed. This is my doctor, not the ER doctor, but this is my my doctor said I believe the ble bleeding has stopped, but let's go ahead and get the rest of the cyst removed. Let's go ahead and make sure your ovaries all right. Let's go ahead and do that. And I was like, fine, you know? And so that's why I ended up having surgery. And it's like, I have wanted to make that so clear. That bleeding stopped, There you go. You know, and, and, 
that was the prayer we prayed. Yes, yeah. and it was. And I had so many people in this church were praying that exact prayer for me and, and standing with me in agreement that it would stop. And it stopped. And uh, it was just incredible. And, and even my mom, and it, it was wonderful because I had an opportunity to, I'd, I never really like openly rebuke or say anything against some of the family habitual sayings because there, there's no malintent behind them, but you and I both know what the tongue can do. And so she was just like, well, you know, our family, our luck, you'll just keep bleeding. I said, no, no, I do not receive that. And she was like, well, I don't mean, and I said, mom, I know. I said, but I don't receive that at all the bleeding has stopped it's not going to stop it has stopped and she was like okay honey it stopped you know and and it did so i just that rational generation you know you got the doctor standing in front of you telling you your entire body is filling with blood where there's not supposed to be blood and and you, all i could think about was no no i don't accept amen. this i don't accept it awesome. so sorry Ooh, thank you god amen so, that that scripture it's psalm chapter 20 verse 7 some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. So where's your trust? Amen. She, amen. Uh, but there, you know, this, this, these two paragraphs here talk about those that want to discount the miraculous. And you've probably run into people like that, you know, at different times in your, in your life. They don't want to you know, give God any praise or any glory. So I make sure, you know, my customers, uh, when I had COVID, you know, almost two years ago now, I made sure that every one of them knew that God had healed me and touched me. I said I would walk around my house with my hands raised in prayer, praying to God, believing God, and I said it was like nothing to me, a little bit of sinuses, but I said it was like nothing. So we, we need to... Put these naysayers and these discounters down, don't we? Just by, you know, I think, you know, you hear me say it from the pulpit. How big is your God? You know, you need to let people know how big he is, you know. And talk about him in the marketplace and everywhere you go. So there are there are going to be the naysayers. Uh, they discount it. We only, re as it says here, we, we will only refer in conclusion to the objection that these views of the truth unduly exalt the bodily life and direct the minds of men from the transcendent interest of the immortal soul promoting fanaticism besides leading to other evils this, the same objection might be brought against the earlier years of our Lord's ministry when the healing of the body was made an avenue I like this to reach men's souls and a testimony of his spiritual teachings they were his drawing card weren't they yeah, and yeah, his authority, and that's what I want. We keep saying it, but I want the word to get out that when you go to House of Restoration, you're going to get healed if you're sick. If you're saved, you're going to. I mean, if you're not saved, you're going to get saved. If you're bound up with demonic oppression and influence, you're going to get delivered there by the power of God. Isn't that what the church should be about? a lot of man's sickness is demonic.
sorry, that will back to fulfill these ministries and fulfill these healings and, and stuff on Sundays Amen. so that people will come in. But it takes the body of the church because the body of the church is negative and there's no spirit. It's very hard for the pastor to stand up there on Sunday and do everything. other churches grieve share mm -hmm. and um, you know like when we have someone that's lost three family members and uh, we uh, that really goes heavy on my mind because of my natural compassion for people and um, just that type of thing can move them towards healing in their body you know when just from being when I was a little girl, I was always drawn to older people, and I would rather go sit with the lady that was in her 80s down the street than hunt Easter eggs, you know, at my great-grandma's. I just wanted to be around the non-petty voice of reason and wisdom. Seriously. And I, when I would walk in nursing homes, which is my first love as a nurse, I could tell by, by the discernment, the spirit of oppression, is where a lot of the diseases started, and I just knew it. I didn't have any proof of it. I wasn't, I was a little girl. I didn't, you know, have any book smarts, but it just, it, it is. But it's just like you said, John, when you heal the mind, that's where, whatever your thoughts are, that's where the body goes towards that. Your life goes where your thoughts go. And I'm reading the, um, the book, the uh, Battlefield of the Mind. I'm just barely into it again. I read it probably 20 years ago. Wow. But it's so true about that. Yeah, we just went through a, a Wednesday night series on that, too, back uh, last year, I guess it was. But, yeah, powerful. Uh, so powerful. We're going to close out this chapter and read the last paragraph. Extravagances, perversions, and counterfeits. We know there are unauthorized and self-constituted healers mercenary imposters who give out that they are quote some great one rash and indiscriminate anointings of persons who only bring discredit on the truth by their ignorance and inconsistency and wolves in sheep's clothing who claim the name of Jesus for the passes of clairvoyance the sorcery of spiritualism and the performances of animal magnetism but the truth of God is not chargeable to human error, and the counterfeit is often the best testimonial to the genuine. Let the ministers of the Lord Jesus answer and set aside these evils by claiming and exercising in the power of the Holy Ghost their gifts and offices once delivered to them, and let the people of God in these perilous times discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serves God and him that serves him not that's me and you we're going to keep preaching jesus divine healing amen and a, exactly I mean, think about think about the present state of circumstances within society. What is the answer? 
at its core, what is the answer to every problem? Cover it up. Mask it with something. Oh, you, oh you've got blemishes. Mask it with makeup, which I'm not speaking against makeup. Or but Band-Aid it. <laughs> or, or put a Band-Aid on it. Um, oh, you can't, you, you know, you're, 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 you feel like you're in the wrong body. Well, let's do a bunch of superficial surgeries that do absolutely nothing to the foundations of your life. It's just a mask. It's just an illusion. Everything is an illusion that the earth or the world has to offer, and it is a cheap substitute. Honestly, the whole man, the whole idea of transgenderism, I think, is a cheap substitute of the quote-unquote glorified body that we get as a result of resurrection. See, I mean, that's off the top of my head, so I don't know. I'd have to think about that more, but it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The creature does not say to the cre- creator, why have you made me this why way? Why have you made yeah. me like this? You know, yeah. No. You, that, that's, uh, that's devilish and, and definitely demonic for anyone to even think about it. Colin made me think of this. There's a saying that says you can go down the street and you can get cut up made up and dressed up but at the end of the day you're just a cut up made up dressed up sinner yeah. <laughs> there you go yeah. nothing will satisfy only Jesus man will try everything everything man and all they need is to fall on their face before the living God and cry out you know in desperation Rebecca you're in deep thought no You're in I deep reflection. Get up. I was just trying to. I know you are. I know you were. <laughs> okay. You're good? All right. Okay. I just thought you, you just really are you're in deep reflection there. taught as gospel right this is the gospel of reality is what you determine it to be there is no it's 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 the ultimate form of nihilism there is no objective reality there is no objective truth truth exactly right relativism yeah
say it, which actually speaking the word is best. And um, well, yeah, that's why I was like trying to figure out what you know. You were saying. <laughs> yeah. that's Sorry, cool. I going to I was a very rational person right right in in like the baby steps of it it just started with thanking him in advance for the things that I wanted that, that I not wanted but like you know thank you for for the work that you're already doing in my family and saving my brother's soul you know, I know that you're working, I know that you're on it, I know that you're sovereign and you already know, and I, you know, I just, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for providing a home for my family when we hadn't closed yet. Thank you for, you know what I mean? And, and just, and just calling, calling forth, you know, what it is that your, your need is because, well, yeah, you're speaking it into existence. Like you have no proof sitting in front of you other than the living word of God, not, not that, but you know, li living word of God that says that he wants to provide for you and the, or that he will provide for you, you know, but it's, it's that, that faith move and saying, you know, what? I know that you have this. I know that you have this. And that, that's kind of where I started with that. And I know the, the faith generation of the eighties, you know, the name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. That, that messed up a lot of people with some of that, you know. If, if, if you have a, yeah, if you have a headache and you're sitting there saying, I don't have a headache, that's a lie. I have a headache, but I believe God is going to heal my headache. I have a healer, God. So, I mean, a lot of that just went, uh, and I think some of the authors of it didn't realize the, the degree of, of damage that could do with some of those. Yeah, and there were people taking that and saying, "Well, I want a, a pink Cadillac, or I want a, 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 a this," you know. tell yeah and I was happy I wasn't I wasn't I was not uh, sorry I just thought she's really she's really thinking here or something okay chapter four we better jump in here a little bit uh, okay uh, I wrote something in here John when you were going through it it was new year of 2020 is when we were going through this I wrote right here I want to encourage you happy new year 2020 <laughs> so uh, all right, if you're listening today, it's actually 2022, it's September. Uh, so, the causes of disease and suffering are distinctly traced to the fall and sinful state of man. True, right? It was a perfect world. God designed Adam and Eve to, to live forever, didn't he? In a perfect world. You, no, no sickness, no, no devil, no all of the stuff. If sickness were part of the natural constitution of things, then we might meet it wholly on natural grounds and by natural means. But if it be part of this curse of sin, it must have its true remedy, everybody circle that, in the great redemption. 
that sickness is the result of the fall and one of the fruits of sin. No one, no one can surely question. Death, we are told, has passed upon all, for that all have sinned, and the greater includes the less. It is named among the curses of Deuteronomy, which God was to send for Israel's sin. Again, it is distinctly connected with Satan's personal agency. He was the direct instrument of Job's suffering. Remember the story of Job? And uh, our Lord definitely attributed, attributed, hello, attributed the diseases of his time to his direct power. It was Satan who bound the paralyzed woman. We just preached about her a, a couple of weeks ago for 18 years. What did he say to her? Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. So it was definitely a devilish, demonic thing that he kept her bowed over and looking, you know, towards the, the ground all those, those years. Uh, so it was uh, demonical influence which held and crushed the bodies and souls of those he delivered. If sickness be the result of evil's spiritual agency, it must evident it is most evident that it must be met and counteracted by higher spiritual force and not by mere natural treatment. John mentioned it a while ago. There's a lot of different kinds of healing, huh? Be physical, mental, uh, uh, demonic. Uh, sickness so uh, let's go on over to page 21 flip over there and uh, look at some stuff here number one uh, first full paragraph if the disease be the result of the fall we may expect it to be embraced in the provisions of redemption right and would naturally look for some intimation of a remedy in the preparatory dispensation which preceded the gospel talking referring back to the old testament here okay nor are we disappointed are there other illustrations and well, examples let's put it that way of god's healing power in the old testament even before jesus died and uh was rose again right was resurrected so you know we always talk about salvation but the Old Testament, you know, Abraham believed God and was counted to him for righteousness. We always say the Old Testament saints look to the cross just like we look back at the cross here in 2022. Same thing applies for healing. They saw, you know, somebody read Exodus 15, 26, where it says, I am the Lord your God that heals you. And, and they took that as a word from God and believed it, and they were healed. So it gives a lot of... A lot of examples here. Some of these you may remember. Uh, some of them maybe not. The prophetic picture of the coming deliverer is that of a great physician as well as a glorious king and savior. The healing of, of Abimelech. We talked about that one. Miriam, that was Moses' uh, sister. Job, Naaman the leper. Remember that one? Hezekiah, turning his face to the wall. And God added 15 more years to his life. Uh case of the leper and the brazen serpent, the statue at Marah, the blessings and cursings at Ebal and Jerusalem, the terrible rebuke of Asa, the 103rd Psalm, that's the one, remember, that kind of puts salvation and healing together, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, who healeth all thy diseases, who forgives all thy iniquities, uh, and the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, we all know that one by heart now, hopefully. They leave the testimony of the Old Testament clear and distinct that the redemption of the body was the divine prerogative and plan. 
All right, so that's the first example of healing in the Old Testament. Now, what did Jesus do? Did he heal people? Yes. Okay. Y'all ready for it? Number two, the second paragraph. The personal ministry of Jesus Christ is the next great stage in the development of these principles. His own life is a complete summary of Christianity, and from his words and works we may surely gather the great intent of redemption and what was the testimony of his life of physical healing. He went about their cities healing, circle it, all manner of sickness and disease among the people. He healed all that had need of healing that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities, bare our sicknesses. Now when we remember that this was not an occasional incident, but a chief part of his ministry. Were miracles his drawing card, Johnny? Big time. And the Lord has really been impressing that upon me. You know, that that's, I think I told y'all the last time, or maybe it was in a sermon I preached recently, we won't need to advertise anything about this church because signs and wonders and miracles start happening. support group yeah and you're gonna head one up is that what you're saying until a witness yeah and she's a soul winner too with her cooking too Cooking is going to win souls, even. Cooking. Right. This is a prayer I need. I need you to help me cook. God is going to use this lady, honey, and I speak that over you in so many ways. She may not be behind the pulpit, but honey, you know, minister, there's more ministry right out here. 98% more than there is. finish that. I read I got to listen to about three minutes. like wrong he said the last thing that jesus said was in revelation and it's repent 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 and he said but you know what you're referring to it didn't say go out and preach it said go out and make disciples and there's so much more to making a disciple than preaching at them you know it's important for the person to stand behind the pulpit but it's also important for the person to kneel next to you at the altar and to pray for your family Teach you how to pray. Teach. Train.
grief losing a loved one or something that was very grievous to them, it's after all the flurry stops that is the hardest. This is someone that was giving a testimony, and I believe that to be true for all families. But it's afterwards, and and then, and the enemy wants to attack, you know, with anger and 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 a deep, you know, that terrible depression and sorrow, and and that that was, and he and he said. So many people say, well, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to make it worse, which are all, I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But but they said, just be there. Just show up. Just be there. And if they want to talk, listen. You know, just let them talk yeah. it out. And then you know what to pray about. Yeah. Jesus, you know, several instances, you'll, you'll see where he was moved with compassion towards the people. And even later, you know, over in Hebrews, I believe it, it says he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. So anytime you, there you go, right there, yeah. Anytime, anything you can do to God, I believe, allays different groups of people. Uh, and I can think of several instances right in this in this church or someone else I, uh, on the tip of my, I just talked to about a ministry that is probably a, new type ministry but it's, it's going to be awesome uh, anyway stuff like this just giving out a cup of cold water he said you know in my name you know look out Everybody doing exactly. And I just yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just thought of what the ministry is. It's it's going to be a ministry to people that are atheists and agnostics that have no, that will not even listen to reason. But this young man is going to study. That you know they'll come back to the pre-Adamite world, and he's going to be able to take them right to the Genesis and and have an answer. What was it? Peter said, "Be ready to give an answer." Be ready to give an answer because there's we're losing we're losing a generation of young people because they've been indoctrinated into what we talked about over here on this page here of rationalization and all of this this stuff to discount God that God you know he, he's just you know, there is no God you know type type thing so that's that's going to be. remember I remember debating them intensely in my philosophy course arguing against monogamy arguing against any kind of healing that could be outside of medical arguing against all of it and and it was it was just based in in so much deception but I was smart 
and I was well-spoken, and I just knew what I knew what I knew, and I'm a very rational person, and nothing that you're saying is making sense to me right now. I told him that's it was going to be a rough ministry because a lot of those people, I told him to read, I want you to read Romans 1, the first thing, because Romans 1 yeah. shows you the step-by-step progression to where a person can come to that place as a reprobate, which mm-hmm. means a castaway, where they no longer, I don't care what you tell me, I'm not going to believe it mm-hmm. about God. So it's going to be a tough, tough ministry, but I'm... They've become a castaway. Yeah, their hearts reprobate. are hardened. Yep. They've gone so far. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it starts, if you read that Romans 1, I encourage you to read it. In about verse 16, it starts with them no longer wanting to give thanks to God. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. And then it just slowly, you know, they didn't want to even retain him in his mind. And then they, you know, their body, they, the Lord gave them over to a reprobate mm-hmm. mind to do those things which are unseemly. Men with men doing, you know, perversion and all kinds of Every day, we should be, we should, from the rising of the sun to the, retrograde, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, 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 there you go, there you go, okay, we better circle the wagons here, y'all think, but anyway, we, we get off on some, we get off on some good stuff, don't we, uh, so Jesus, uh, and I like what he says here. Under you know, number one was the Old Testament. Number two, in the middle of the page, the personal ministry of Jesus. He did use miracles as a chief part of his uh, ministry. You know, not only salvation, healings, but even also deliverance. To there are several instances of that. But the next paragraph and under that, but redemption finds its center where in the cross of Jesus Christ. And there we must look for the fundamental principle of divine healing. It rests on the atoning sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. This necessarily follows from the first principle we have stated. If sickness be the result of the fall, it must be included in the atonement of Christ, which reaches far as the curse is found. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. So he goes back to Isaiah 53 here too. Uh, for it is most distinctly stated in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, as we have seen, he is said to have borne our sickness, carried our pains, the word bear being the same used for the atonement of sin. Remember, we preached on this not too long ago. The word bear means to carry away, that we put the sin that was there uh, on the goat, yeah, the scapegoat, and they send the goat out into the wilderness, and it would carry away the, to, to bear, to carry away the sins of the transgressor. In the same sense, then, as he has borne away our sins, he's also borne or carried away our sicknesses. Peter states that. He bare our sins in his own body on the tree by whose stripes we are healed. In his own body, he has borne all our bodily liabilities for sin, and our bodies are set free. That one cruel stripe was his, of his, for the word is singular, summed it up summed up in it all the aches and pains 
of a suffering world, and there's no longer needed that we should suffer what he has. Ooh, somebody get that. There's no longer need that we should suffer what he has sufficiently borne. It's, it's been carried away. When the devil tries to bring something to say, no, nope, it's been carried away. Hallelujah. Thus our healing becomes a great redemption right, which we simply claim as our purchased inheritance through the blood of the cross. Circling and putting points and arrows here on that paragraph. It's yeah, everything. Yeah. Immediately, yeah, and the baptism in the spirit. You know, amen. So he he and I like I've I've never heard an author bring this into the picture on healing. We talk a lot about the cross and the scripture in Isaiah 53, but now he's going to bring in the resurrection as a part of our healing. So let's let, let's, let's read this. There's something higher even than, even than the cross. It's the resurrection of our Lord. There the gospel of healing finds the foundation of the deepest life, the death of Christ destroys the root of sickness sin but it is the life of Jesus which supplies the source of health and life for our redeemed bodies the body of Christ is the living fountain of all our vital strength he who came forth from Joseph's tomb with the new physical life of the resurrection is the head of his people for life and immortality because he lives, we live. Now, Amen. That's right. That's right. Because he lives. Our preaching is vain. That's right. So, isn't that good? Not only the cross, but the resurrection. Not for himself alone did he receive this power of an endless life, but as our life. He gave him to be the head over all things for his church which is his body we are members of his do you realize that church we are members of his body his flesh and his bones the healings which Christ gives us is nothing less than his own new physical life infused woo, into our body from his own very heart and bringing us into fellowship with his own innermost being that risen and ascended one is the fountain and measure of our strength and life. We eat his flesh and drink his blood. We talked about that, didn't we? Symbolically. And he dwells in us and we in him as he lived in the Father so that he, so he that eateth him shall live by him. This is the great, the vital, the most precious principle of physical healing in the name of Jesus. It is the very life of Jesus manifested in our mortal flesh. What do you all think about that? Blows you away just thinking about it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because of his death and resurrection. Hallelujah. 
you know, in this next paragraph, uh, talks here about uh, the new life, the new creation. Second Corinthians, we know that. Second Corinthians five seventeen. It is the letting, yeah, it is the letting go of all this old dependencies. Is often the failure and decay of all of our natural strength. It is a strength which out of weakness is made strong, which has no resources to start with, which creation-like is made out of nothing, which resurrection-like comes out of the dark tomb and the extinction of all previous help. So long as we look forward in the old natural life, we shall be disappointed. But when we cease to put confidence in the flesh and we look only to Christ and his supernatural life, in us for our strength of body as well as spirit we shall find that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us Philippians 4.13 you've heard me say from the pulpit before I don't ask my body how it feels I tell it I tell it how it feels divine principle right there and you start saying it believe me you'll start feeling it absolutely physics and, and just all this stuff that I really had to check out the dictionary of it. Sounds mm-hmm. like I need to look this book up. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But, she but it proves the power of words. It does. And, and she specifically says this goes against everything that, that modern uh, psychology will tell you that um, the, uh, the, the mind answer, or, uh, okay, I don't want to make sure I say it right, the, the spirit answers to the mind when in reality the mind answers to the spirit. And that you control and she talks about the cells in our brains our, our uh, synapses and, and, and how that it transmits negativity versus positivity and how it's an, an actual physiological response in our body and it's all backed by I believe concrete it. evidence and it's just it's incredible it's in light bulbs uh, well, text us the name of that book yeah I told Eric about it too but I can't remember okay cool wow yeah well I've been telling my kids especially whenever they get overly emotional especially about little things i'll tell my kids it's like look you need to remember you are in control of your emotions they do not control you so if you have the will to tell yourself i don't need to be crying right now mm-hmm. over something so trivial obviously i'm not saying this to a six-year-old but i mean hmm. i'm elaborating a little bit uh embellishing embellishing uh, if I don't need to be crying, I don't. I can tell myself I don't need to be upset over something so trivial. I need to focus on the bigger picture. There you yeah. go. Good stuff. <laughs> or they need a nap. Yeah. 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 Good, good stuff here, isn't it? Uh, we should, we should be living right now the Zoe life. That's. Zoe, Z-O-E, look that up. That's the life as God would have it. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And that's, if you look that up in the original Greek, it's Zoe, life. Life as God has it. And that you might have life more abundantly. There's so many Christians living. Yeah. 
So many people live down here that are Christians, you know, and there's, you just want to say, come on, God wants to bless you mentally, physically, financially, every, every way beneath come on up come on up hallelujah man i told uh, angie something today she sent me something about said you're fired up or something i said like a rocket about to explode <laughs> about to blast off hallelujah uh i was telling john this morning i got i had a great prayer time and bible study time this morning god just in fact, I was late to meet him. I, I hated, to, I hated to leave. It was, it was one of those times when you're studying and it's just flowing and you're getting sermons and you're, anyway. Uh, okay, let's move to top of 23. And we're going to wrap up right here pretty quick. Uh, uh, let's see here. I've got a couple of scriptures written there. Uh, let's back to bottom of 22. Last paragraph. It must also be kept. By constantly abiding in him, we've talked about that, and receiving from him. It is not a permanent deposit, but a daily dependence. Underline that, a renewing of the inward man day by day. Yes, a strength which comes only as we need it and continues only while we dwell in him. Such a life is a very sacred thing. It gives a peculiar sanctity to every look tone, act, organ, and movement of the body. We are living on the life of God, and we must live like Him and for Him. A body thus divinely quickened adds tenfold power to the soul and all the service of the Christian life. Words spoken in this divine energy works done through the very life of God will be clothed with a positive effectiveness which must make men feel that the body as well as the Spirit, is indeed the very temple of the Holy Ghost. Here's the scriptures on that. That says, know you not, you are the temple. 1 Corinthians 3, 17 says that. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. You are the dwelling place for the Holy Ghost. Okay, what time is it? we got to quit, right? Okay, all right, I'm telling you. Start. Anybody got a pen? Send me your pens. Start right right here. Any prayer requests before we uh, disembark? Somebody's getting the recording? Okay.